During that song, because you sing it. Yeah, I do. It's out of your reach, Cube. Out of your reach. Stay in your lane. (laughs) It is the Producer Michelle podcast. We are here a day early. It's Thursday for us. I'll probably put it up today, too, so some of you will start hearing it on Thursday. What happened? We're going to mess up Lisa's bath schedule. Uh, I really hope her name is Lisa, because I've decided it's Lisa, and I just stuck with it. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, Yeah, Yeah, it's got to be, right? I'm pretty sure it is. So, yeah, I'm back, and it has been a long week. We just finished our pastathon last week, which went really, really well. Justin, you were out there. That was fun. Everybody else, you had fun, right? Yes. It uh, was, uh, it was, uh, there was, it, it was on a Thursday this year, which worried me a little bit because sometimes you wonder if a Thursday is going to have a big of a draw as a Friday, but there was a ton of people out there fairly early in the morning, like to the point where I was going, I hope the fire marshal doesn't come by. People room. took the day off, too. That was great. Yeah, it was really, really awesome. And we ended up with, um, if you were listening, by the end of the night at 10 o'clock, we had a one-day total of about $290,000 and 90,200 pounds of pasta and sauce, which totally kicked the butt of our goal for that, which was 70000 And originally, my my original goal for the money thing was three hundred, and then I pushed it to kind of three twenty-five. Um, but we also didn't take into account some of the we we underrepresented the amount that was coming in for the auction. So I know that the auctions got a little more money than we expected. And we were getting donations. We always get donations in the days after because people couldn't make it. So Kaylee uh, from Katarina's Club had called me and said that they got in a $10,000 donation. And we had another $5,000 donation. And so I should have a final number tomorrow. But I'm expecting we will be over $300,000 in the in the uh, money side of it, which That's is great, amazing. man. It is. It, it's such a. It's such a cool vibe. It was fun, huh? Yeah. I. Lo- this is my second year, and I love it. And I, I have uh, for those of you who don't know and you haven't been out there, I have Justin do kind of the emceeing job off the air <laughs> and on the air too, because you were annoying Handel. It was yes, really I do fun. the thing that Handel hates, where I get everybody to clap. He hates. Oh, that. he hates that. Oh, but, it drives him up a wall. But everybody loves it. It sounds great on the radio. People were saying that they were listening all day, and it sounded like we were having a lot of fun. We were. And thank God nothing bad happened this year because last year we had the tragedy in Paris happen. Uh, and then the year before there were the riots in Missouri. It was like one of those days where I'm just going, please just let it be kind of a good day and not let anything bad happen. And so we could just let loose. Um, so it was one of those days. It was great. And we had a ton of fun. And you were doing your Bruno impression. Yes, bonjour. <laughs> I love the children. I'm- I feed them pasta. And you do one, and pasta. Gary does one, and it was hilarious. You were doing Christopher Walken. You almost made Shannon Farron pee your pants. <laughs> Shannon Farron oh, it was, reading numbers. It was that was it was a great time. It I, was very very fun. I, and uh, not to mention all of that. So you get the the happy uh, buzz of doing something good for kids. You get the fun of playing around with Handel, Gary and Shannon, everybody there. I was gone after Gary and Shannon, but. Uh, I heard that John uh, wore a robe and <laughs> ate frog legs. Okay, let me explain this. Okay, last year, I don't know who it was, but somebody was sitting in the crowd. Because I'm there the whole day. I start at 3 a.m. I don't finish until 10 p.m. God bless Handel you. likes to say, 
oh, you got that, tw- you know, 10, 12-hour workday. I'm like, more like 19, Handel. <laughs> um, but so what happened last year is somebody was sitting in the crowd and was holding on to a robe, like from a hotel, and had offered John Cobelt $1,000 if he would go into the bathroom, take off his clothes, and just put on the robe, like just wear the robe. So he went into the bathroom, and I, I'm pretty sure he left his underwear on. I don't know. I didn't check. But he came out of the bathroom in this robe holding a glass of wine for a thousand or $1,500 donation, whatever it was. And so we had to one, try to one-up that this year. So we had heard a couple of days before that he, what, he really did not like the idea of frog's legs. So we asked Bruno to make some. <laughs> So the chef made some frog's legs. Which is not uh, normally on the menu at the White House. No, they have it. I think it's a seasonal thing. Every once in a while he says they have it, but they didn't have it at the time. But he went and found frog legs, had the uh, the, uh, chef uh, cook them up, and then we had a robe out there, and we made John get in the robe, and we made him eat frog's legs (laughs) for a donation of either 1000 or 1500 I can't remember which. But it was so funny to see him do it, and you can hear on the air where he's going, oh, God. I don't. I don't like the sound of this because he didn't know what it was. Oh, he didn't know. And Ken was like, "We have a very, very special auction item." And John's like, "I don't. I haven't. I haven't heard about this. I don't like the idea of this. What's going on?" And then we put the thing in front of him. He's like, "Oh, this is not going to be good." Because he only <laughs> eats cheeseburgers, basically. And based on a promo I heard recently, does he only <laughs> eat plain cheeseburgers? He just wants a cheeseburger plain. Yeah, there's a promo that's currently running on our airwaves where John Cobalt literally says. F artisan ketchup. Do you have it? No. Well, I'd have to look for it a little bit. It would take me some time. It's a really hilarious promo. I mean, there there's a promo he did last week. I love when John and Ken do stuff like this. I absolutely love them. They they're because they're curmudgeons and they don't like to talk to anybody at the station. They have their own little clique of people, and outside of that, they don't like to talk to anybody. So there was this promo that was running last week where he was talking about how he hates like he hates his life. Like I hate my life. I hate getting up. I hate doing it. And and I, you know every morning I just feel like I want to die. And then he's like, "But eleven by by eleven a.m. I'm fine." <laughs> it's a really really. Funny oh, program. I think I found it. Let's see if it'll Let's play here. Trying to order a cheeseburger plain is nearly impossible. They can't even say no ketchup. They no artisanal ketchup. What the f- is artisanal ketchup? <laughs> but, but plain means plain. No artisanal ketchup. No uh, fresh greens. No right. Gruyere cheese. Just plain. John and Ken. Today at 2. KFI AM 640. I, I heard that promo and I realized I'm pretty much married to a John Cobell. Yes, that's what I was thinking too. Well, I also like Ken in the background going, all right. Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. So anyway, it was really fun. We got him to eat frog's legs. And now we got to think of what to do next year. And I'm thinking snails. Yeah, he goes escargot. Yeah. We got Jennifer Jones-Lee to eat an escargot. Mm. She, I th- here's the thing. I ate it last year <laughs> and loved it. I thought, it, I mean, here's the, I don't crave it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be ever sitting on my couch. I don't know who would <laughs> sit on their couch and go, you know what I could really use is some snails in my mouth. I feel like there's not enough slimy, pesto-y goodness in my palate right well, now. Well, that's the thing about them is it's basically the consistency of snot. Yeah. So it's just the one swallow that you have well, to worry about. But it's it's in this buttery, garlicky, pesto-y wonderfulness that kind of takes over. Yeah. So you can get past the swallowing of the snot. Well, here's the thing. 
it, what it means is that escargot is just a fear factor food, and it yes. has to have always been because if you have to cover it with salty fat, which is like what your brain <laughs> craves naturally, I'm su- I'm surprised that they're not glazed on top of that <laughs> with sugar of some kind. That if you have to cover it, that it's eh, probably not good by itself, right? Easy, you know. So then, what's the point? I mean, you might as well just have a cockroach well, also covered in pesto, and, and you, which and I'm sure they have in China and places in Beijing or whatever. The, you know how they have those little yeah. Are snails that? But that's what I'm saying, though. Are snails that much of an issue in France? To where we no should idea. eat these, but you know, reduce what, the population. When I come in in the morning and I'm walking up the path, you know, and the uh, the little sprinklers have gone off or whatever. And you'll see the little snails coming out and across the thing. That I stop and pick them up and put them in the planters. Because uh, you ever have that feeling when you're walking yes. and you hear the crunch? I mean, you feel terrible. You uh, just killed a snail. Why? There's think of how many you see around. But it's but they're they're living things. And so I pick it up and I stick it in the planter. All right, hold on. Let's break this down. Okay. You said a snail is a living thing. Let's yes. honestly talk about what is the quality of life that a snail can have. I mean, think about it. You are a fast-moving multitasker. Yes. If anything, you are you are freeing the snail from the hellacious life that they live because <laughs> everything ima- – because you got to imagine their minds don't move like this. <laughs> what are they, turtles? Well, they they move slow, but I'm saying that they're, it, it's it's kind of like having a – I don't know. It's it's kind of having like a permanent debilitation like because they their minds are probably racing. It's like, oh, my God. The whole time. Like, say they see a a leaf. I don't even know what snails eat. But let's say, yeah. Get there. And just before they get there, the bird gets it. Yes. Swoops down or the wind, God forbid, (laughs) blows the leaf six inches to the right. Now he's way off course. He's got like he's a slow moving ship that's got a tack (laughs) left. Hard to port. And it's you know what I mean? So I think when you step on them, you're really freeing their soul. Then they can come back as a grasshopper or something. They can bounce around quick. It just makes you feel bad. Why? Because that moment you just hear the crunch. That's it. Just icky. I'm helping you, but you're not. No, you're not. I, you're not open not, to no. my suggestion. I'm, not I'm open saying to it. that that living a life of a snail is very much like Sisyphus. You're just constantly <laughs> doing the same thing, stuck there, just slowly. You know, and all everybody sees where you've been. You've got that embarrassing, like just trail. <laughs> <laughs> almost as a, another way to mock how oh, how inefficient you are no. like look look it take it took me 4 hours to get this 3 <laughs> inches and you can see exactly when i left the flower bed and came up onto your sidewalk and 2 days later when i got back into the lawn you know what i mean so so I either still, that i still feel bad or they're they're nature's graffiti artists and they're vandalizing <laughs> everybody's back porches and they need to be exterminated no i don't agree just saying. But we made Jennifer eat them yes. at dinner, which uh, was funny because she, she ate it. And she, it wasn't that, she was like, it's not that bad. But we also, we had a really good time at dinner. We had a little bit of a you know, bagel issue oh. happening beforehand. Um, but that was, <laughs> Handel was not happy that we didn't have real Jew bagels set <laughs> for the next morning. But we worked it out. We got him some real Jew bagels. For, uh, for anybody who ever tries to say that, uh, attack handles integrity. All right. Uh, let me just say that the man values his integrity so much that he was frustrated by the fact that he said that there would be real Jew bagels. Right. And there were bagels from a grocery store, which yeah. is the very thing that he mocks. <laughs> and he just he took offense to it. He yeah. just took a big offense to it. And he also I, and we also had this. I had this argument with him about pastries because I said I consider donuts to be a pastry. Right. And he says, no, that they're not a pastry. Like pastries to him would be like 
croissants and other little donuts yeah. or pastries. It's hard to defend you when you value the life of a snail, though. I feel like you don't. You lose all credibility. I do not. You can't defend donuts as a pastry and say that snails contribute something to the planet. Well, I just, <laughs> I just wanted to thank everybody for coming out and everybody who donated. It was a great time. I really appreciate it. I am never ever surprised at the generosity of KFI listeners. I'm never surprised, but every year I'm amazed a little more and more at how many people get involved. Such a great community event. My dad loved this event. And every year, it, it gets bigger and bigger every year. It started out as such a little thing, and and I'm responsible for a big part of, of putting it together and all organizing it. it. Not all, all of it, because there's Most a lot of people of involved. But organizing 98. it. 98.97%. <laughs> and to, well, I thank you for saying that, but it's not true. It's the truth. But um, it's, it's, so it's a lot of work that goes into it, and even after the fact, there's a lot of work to do. And it's frustrating, and I get really, you know, stressed out before but then i'm always really happy with it's the rewarding it's, it's one of the rewarding. things when uh conway was doing the thing with the the boy jack that mm-hmm. they they raised all that money for oh yeah he Disney. was out there by the way yeah and um one of the things i never noticed because i'm new to the kfi family but when i first did it last year and we did we beat the number and then i see the goals raised again mm-hmm. i'm gonna be honest like i was like why would you do that? Like that? Right. What if you don't do it? But then it, it just happens. Right. And I think Conway really put it best is that KFI listeners, they always step up. Yep. Whenever somebody needs anything, it doesn't matter what their political background is or anything. If somebody needs help, you can always count on them. And it's a really cool thing to watch happen. Yeah, it's really, really awesome. So thank you, everybody who was out there. And uh, I will update you on the numbers when I get updates on them uh, probably tomorrow. Um, I was going to ask you this question because I'm dealing with this right now because I don't have kids. I can only relate in terms of dogs. Hmm. So do you guys in your family, do you do a Christmas card every year? No. Okay. So are you are you of the ilk that does not believe in the Christmas card? Well, I don't. Here's the thing. Or do I, you do it? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, wait. No, Please tell me that you don't do the Christmas letter. Well, it's much. It's far superior than some silly postcard. Why? Why capture a moment of your family when you can relive the past twelve oh, no. months? No, and know everything that the Warshams have done. <laughs> why, Cube? No, I hate why? those letters. No, why that. could you? Because you, you're just you, you, you find you're lacking in whoever shares them. You're not getting to partake in all of their greatness Maybe. and glory. I don't know. I want to write a realistic Christmas newsletter and just be like, listen, everything's got the hell in a handcart. I'm drinking more than I ever should. <laughs> Natalie, she's hitting me now. It's like some kind of spousal abuse that even that is shaming to me. No. The kids, are, they're, they're, they're in elementary school. I think they each have drug habits. <laughs> Maybe that would be fun. <laughs> so, so do you do a Christmas card with your dogs? I do a Christmas card every year. And I've done it since, when did we start doing it? I think I started doing it when we got Princess, which was 2006. Now, do you Photoshop or do you all pose and then do the camera no, timer? Every year I, no, I, we're not in the card. It's, we're, we've never been in the card, my husband and I. It's always just been the dog. So it's always been Princess. So every year I'd have Princess in a different, you know, outfit or a different one year I had her in a stocking, you know, it just... <laughs> So every year, and, and people love them. Like people are, oh, I can't wait to get your Christmas cards. I can see Princess. So now that we have three dogs, the last several years has been a challenge because to try to get them to sit all in one in one space to take a photo mm-hmm. is nearly impossible. Photoshop it. And well, this year I'm I'm 
the I could not get. I've been so frustrated the last few days because I was trying to get them to sit. Because I'm figuring it's probably going to be Buffy's last Christmas card. <laughs> so I've been trying to do a cute see Christmas card. Try to do a different thing every year. And the only and this year I got so mad at all of them because they were driving me crazy that I tried to find photos of all of them sleeping so that I could do a little card that says something like and to all a good night yeah, or something like that's that. Good. Just that's to make idea. it easy because I'm so frustrated. And, and I you didn't can even know, do like a montage so you right. don't have to have them all sleeping next to each other. Right. And so I didn't know if you do a family Christmas card, which is why I was going to ask you. No, but I am familiar. We did a family photo shoot, which is its own <laughs> level of narcissism that I am uncomfortable with to pay a friend who with a high level camera to follow to have locations and outfits. things. Yes, looks. Nashing They're outfits. called looks cube. Don't condescend <laughs> my family photo shoot. Okay? You have three looks. Wait a minute. Is outfits, this... costumes I will allow. Now is this something was this is this something that was your idea in the past or has it been Natalie's idea? Now, my wife is hyper interested in documenting our every look okay. our family has. Got it. At through time, and I'm like, you just take pictures of your phone and you go back and look at it. But she wants to have something, and they are very pretty. But this is the problem with my wife. I am in my relationship what we call the closer. Okay, got it. I get it done. That is what I do. So when she has the idea, you make it happen. Yes, but I don't like the way you describe that because what? it makes it seem like it's some kind of teamwork thing. Like I'm sitting here waiting for something else to get done for her. <laughs> like I don't have enough going on. I'm just you know I'm just sitting there. What do you got? What do you got? But it really, what it is is that she doesn't do a damn thing, but just cast wishes out into the ether. Like every day is Christmas and for her. You make it happen. And then I have to be the one who makes it happen. But so, does she come up with the the looks? Like, does she go, we're doing denim, people. <laughs> white shirt, white shirt. I wish it's because then that denim, white shirts, those mm-hmm. are specifics. What she uses vague concepts that are completely subjective, like cute or nice. Oh. How do you, you know what I mean? So then now, and I don't like, I, here's the thing. There are many ways that I wish I could have a life very similar to your husband's, which is, in my opinion, more stereotypical in nature. <laughs> I come home, I, uh, there's a, well, except for the it's fact that there's- It's Mondays. Yeah, there's a menu plan. That I don't think gives very many people Although I've been that. really bad at that lately. I've I been really stressed out. Is so he bad. okay with it or does he even notice? As long as he's got something to eat, he's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel bad. That. So, but it's a lot. Of, so what happens is I look like an oaf because it's a lot of me like, is this okay? Like, can I bring this shirt? Does this go with these shorts? I feel weird. And it was, and then the shirt I end up wearing is probably the shirt that makes me look the fattest. Like, that's what you want to document is the close. Remember that time when everybody looked adorable and uh, you looked pretty and I look like a wrap sausage? Remember that? Let's, let's have that forever. And then also let's put it on the wall next to the TV where I stare at the most. You so see I, it all the yeah, time. In my peripheral, I could see my button screaming for relief, like a snail wanting to be released from their hellacious life. Oh. <laughs> so it's, but it, to get back to the point of, you know, I think what you're dealing with with the dogs and trying to wrangle them, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the thing that makes you want to kill children is that they, when it's not time to take an organized sh- uh, picture or shot, as mm-hmm. we call it in the biz, uh, they are constant. Take a picture of me. Take a picture of me. Right. But then, God forbid, it's their first day of school and you want to take a, the stereotypical porch shot before they, they walk away. Then, oh, it. I've got to pick my nose. I got to stare off. The sun is always in my eyes. <laughs> uh, it's hot. All of there's all these excuses. I got to pick at my shirt or I don't understand how cameras work and I dance because I'm dumb. <laughs> So I don't know if it's the same as dogs, but that's how it is with kids. So I shouldn't expect 
a Christmas card from you guys this <laughs> no. year. No. <laughs> Negative. See, that's also the difference between you and I is that I, I, I was kidding about the Christmas newsletter, more mocking them. Right. Uh, I don't do Christmas cards. I don't do Christmas newsletters. I don't do anything. And it's not out of hate. I'm not a, I'm a big Christmas fan. I'm not a Scrooge or a Grinch. It's just... Other stuff to do. Well, I... Do you really care, though? Like, I'll, I'll be honest. If I got a Christmas card from you, I would. I'd look at it and go, oh, that's awesome. And then you throw it in the trash. No, I keep them. There's actually... No, it's true. I didn't know, I didn't think of this till just now, but most of our pictures on our walls, like right. we get the, the frames that have multiple pictures. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that we don't have, like, dinner with those friends, mm-hmm. the, our friends, are it's their Christmas cards. Aww. So my wife does that. That's, that's something nice. that she actually does close on. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> but, uh... But I figure, like, it's weird to me, because there are family members that send me Christmas right. cards, and I'm like, why waste the postage? Like, I don't... <laughs> I saw you last week. Yeah. Why if you got a kid, or you got cute dogs, or do something fun, I guess, send yeah. it out. But I would not be offended if you wanted to save the 45 cents and right. not send me something. That's good to know. Right? That's good to know. Is it that important? I just can't wrangle them. I just can't. They're just so hard. Shot callers. Oh, my God. I, there have been a couple of years where I've gotten some really great photos of them, but it's been totally by chance. Like I'll put a little backdrop, like a you know, behind them, and then, like a nativity scene, yeah. Like a diorama. And it'll be like half torn down, but I'll get the picture of them, and then I got to figure out how. I'm, uh, it's just been a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> just, I had Buffy because Buffy looks like the dog from The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, Max. Yes. So I got her one of those single horn things. Oh, that's, that's cool. What I d- used last year. You I'm know. really sorry because in my mind you put it because she's so old. It, yeah. She's not feeble. I've seen video of her jumping and running around like a puppy. But in my mind it went to that that just weighed her head down. Oh, like, my gosh. Like just... <laughs> well, no. She, and you know what's so funny is for those of you who don't know, Buffy is my oldest dog. She's 19. And she's barely been slowing down the last while. But every once in a while I'll come home and she'll be kind of bouncing around and stuff. So the other day I took them all out back by the pool. We have like a pool area for our little complex. And so there's three of them. I let them all off the leash, and they're running around. And Buffy just kind of ha- has lately just kind of had this little tiny short gate, you know, where I'm just going, oh, yeah, she can't run around. She used to run around like crazy, like like a race dog. Like you stick her on a racetrack, and she just runs in circles. But I don't know what got into her the other day. She started running because it was windy. So I don't know if it was the wind that was freaking out, but she started running. I'm thinking, she's going to run into that tree. She's going to fall into the pool, yeah. and I'm going to have to go in after her because she had a couple of close calls. But she just looked so happy to be out there and just running that I didn't want to take it away from her. Yeah. Until it, and then she slept really good all night. She didn't wander around, See? which is good. I need to do that. She's going to live forever, that dog. I think she might. I think she might. It's it, She surprises me. Just when I think that things are not good with her, she'll bounce right back. And she just now I, I I don't know what she's eating now. She doesn't want to eat anything now. <laughs> no she was method. back on the spaghetti train for a while, and the then spaghetti train. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was eating like I'll make my husband sometimes a frittata, you know, like with uh, hash brown potatoes and eggs and cheese and bacon and all that stuff. Yeah. And so she was liking that for a while, but now she doesn't want that. She's a pain in my ass. But do you guys do a Christmas tree? Yes, we just went and got a Christmas tree. How, how does that go? Like, is is Tim, does he get, like, let me show you how to get a, this is a good tree. You got to get a, <laughs> sort a of. noble fir or whatever. You know what I mean? No, is he we that went, guy? We, we go to the same Christmas tree lot. We have, we've gone to the same lot for about six years. It's over in our neighborhood. And it used to be we would go to the lot and he'd be, he'd, we'd get out of the car and he'd be like, all right, leave it up to me. 
Because you know they're going to try to rip you off and charge a lot for a tree. You see here, Toots, Christmas so, tree shopping's a lot like getting a car. It's, it almost happens the same way every year because we get out of the car and they have all the flocked trees on one side and then all the, the big giant trees in the middle and then kind it's of the flocked sad when it's tree. fake snow? Yeah, the okay. fake snow. And so we'll get, we get out of the car and he, and, and he always has this story. He's, ah, you know, my uncle used to have a flocked tree and we thought he was like the rich uncle because he was the rich, expensive flocked tree. Those are expensive. And so we kind of bypass those. Then they have the big giant ones that you would like see out in the forest. And he goes, let's get one of those. No, it's like 10 feet tall. We have no room. We can't fit it in the house. Let's go find another tree. So then we'll go back to where all the sad trees are. Charlie Brown. (laughs) The trees that are literally the top three feet of a gigantic tree. But they just cut them off and go, we could probably sell this for 40 bucks. (laughs) And uh, and so we go back there and we find a tree and I like the I think they're the noble firs yes with the, the big strong branches and sometimes there's a lot of space between them and I like that because then you can see you can put more ornaments on the trees and they hang better so we're looking and we come up we saw last couple of years we've gotten about a four foot tree and lately we're like three four feet we really don't need one that big so we pull out a tree uh, about a three and a half foot tree. And we're like, this one's good. This one's good. Hey, how much could this tree possibly be? And so we went over to the guy. You know, the guy comes walking over, and he's like, my, my husband's like, let me handle this. I got this. Here's, here's what's going to happen. He's going to say a price, and I want you to shake your head <laughs> and look at me, and then I'm going to negotiate this, this, this shit, okay? <laughs> got it, honey. And you know why he tells me that? Here, the reason why he tells me that is because when we went to go get Princess, who was basically, she wasn't a rescue from a pound. She was a rescue from another situation. But it was his friend that had the dog, who had Princess, who had given it to his aunt, who was like 80 years old. And Princess was way too hyper. So he took Princess back. And he had like eight dogs. So she was basically in like a, you know, uh well, what's the word I'm looking for? She was basically in, in like a puppy mill situation. Wow. Within this house. Like a halfway like house? Or? Eight other dogs living in this house. No, she was a family dog, but there's like tons of dogs in this house. So his friend had said, hey, I have this dog. If you want a dog, I'll sell her to you. And so we're like, okay. So we go over there and he told me before we go, hey, listen, before you, before you do anything, just we're, here's what we're going to say. I don't care how much you like her. We're going to say, well, let us think about it and we'll come back because then it gives me some leverage. And I'm, okay, we're all onto this plan. So then we go and see Princess. And as soon as I got out of the car, like he just finished telling me this. Yeah. And as soon as and I got like, out got of the it. car, you know, I'm like, yes, on board. As soon as I got out of the car and I saw Princess, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have her. And he was like, you to- totally ruined my negotiation tactic. Don't ever do that again. So that's why he tells me this yeah. when we go to the Christmas tree lot. So the guy comes over and we say, hey, we we're thinking about getting this tree. How much is this tree? And the guy goes, $45. For a three to four foot tree? <laughs> that's a lot of money. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then my husband jumps in and he's like, I'll give you 25 bucks for it. <laughs> the, guy goes, the guy goes, $45. He goes, you have all these effing trees. I can go buy an eight foot tall tree at Costco for yeah. forty bucks. I'll give you twenty five dollars for that tree. Guy goes, nope, forty five bucks. And so he looks at me and he goes, put the tree back. 
<laughs> put the tree back and we left. We left. Now, in, in previous years, we've been able to negotiate at least 10 bucks off whatever yeah. price he first mentions. But this year, nothing. They were they were so adamant about pricing. And I don't I mean, those trees were literally a three and a half foot tree. Now, is he into it because he like he's a penny pincher or is he into it for the game? He's he loves the game. the game. He loves the, the negotiation game. And what was funny is we went we went over just uh, uh, right up the street to the Osh that had a Christmas tree lot in the thing. And the tree started at twenty seven ninety nine. And so we went in and we found a tree and we asked the guy, how much is the tree? And he said, oh, thirty five dollars. And he goes, well, I'll give you 30 bucks for it. And the guy goes, OK. 30 bucks. At, 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 our osh, tree, no at osh. Not even a tree lot. Yeah, not even a tree lot. Wow. <laughs> he All goes, right. we should go back and tell that guy. And we just, he's going to lose a lot Drive of Drive by with it on the roof of your car flipping the bird. MFR. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Anyway, that's pretty Well, funny. what we learned, though, is that Michelle Cube cares uh, less about the soul of a tree and more about the soul of a snail because you left that poor tree to feel rejected. Sorry. Knowing it would probably just turn into kindling. It was 45 for Christmas. bucks. A wreath if it's lucky. 45 bucks. That's not the tree's fault. It is it is not the tree's fault, but it is the people's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I will not pay that much for, for so, such tree? a small tree. Oh, and then, then we get the tree, right? And so the guy at Osh, we already have our little base, which we've had for a couple of years, which is basically... You got to stick it on the bottom of the tree, and it's got a little thing in it to put water in it, right? Yeah. So we asked the guy at Osh. This is really funny. So when you buy the tree at Osh, they give you the little receipt, and then you have to go in and pay for it and bring the receipt back out, right? So Tim goes in to pay for it, and he goes, I'm going to leave you in charge. of get Go go get the stand and tell the guy to put the stand on it. So I go get the stand, <laughs> I go get the stand and I bring it over to the guy. I say, hey, can you put this stand on the tree? And he looks at the stand, and he goes... Oh, I don't think I could put that one on the tree because you need to <laughs> you need to drill a hole in the bottom of the tree. And so I was like, okay, I didn't even think about it. So Tim comes out with the receipt for the tree, and the guy's putting the tree in the car, and he the guy takes off, and he goes, "What happened? How come the stand is not on the bottom of the tree?" I said, "Well, the guy says he can't put it on because you gotta drill a hole in the bottom of the tree." And he goes, "This is a hardware store." <laughs> Somebody has a drill around here. And I went, I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that either. I didn't think of it until he, you told me to, him saying it. He goes, where are we? Uh, where else can you find a drill? Oh, we'll, well swing by Lowe's on the way home then and get a drill. So Yeah, so we ended up with a tree. But then I got the tree home, and he so he, he drills the, the thing in the bottom of the tree, right? And he sticks the little stand on, and then he brings the tree upstairs, and then I fill it with water, and all of a sudden water comes all out the bottom of the thing because the little rubber gasket is, like, broken, and so water's all over the floor. We had to put the tree out on the porch. Now on the way home, i got to stop and get another tree stand. Oh, so anyway, get a drill while you're at it. <laughs> oh, he's got drills at home. <laughs> they don't have one at Osh apparently yeah. to stick on the uh, the bottom, the little tree stand that goes with it. Anyway, you know you're not supposed to put sugar in with the water or do soda. No, that water is the best thing. 
The water's the best thing. And then we had this stuff that one of the lots gave us yeah, one year. Yeah, you get a packet. Most people, I did some looking around online. Yeah. Most people say it's not even necessary. Well, it's, water. it's like a liquid, like a green liquid. That, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. And they it worked every year for us. I don't know. We'll just stick it in there, I guess. Who cares? The way, to further mock my wife and her inability to close, uh-huh. the one year I was on the road like a lot for uh, Christmas, we used to get the tree the weekend after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the day after Thanksgiving sometimes because I would be gone on the weekend. Right. Uh, I came home, no exaggeration, to a brown tree <laughs> of fire death. Like I walked With in. lights on it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I came in and saw death with a Christmas spirit oh, on it. Oh, and no. I, I sent her an email at work. I go, what the hell happened to the tree? <laughs> She goes, I don't know. It just died. I go, did you water it? Oh. <laughs> and she's not a dumb blonde. She's not even that person. It's my fault for taking care of her so well. Oh, That's that what I like so to funny. see it. The way I like to see it. And you were on the road a lot. Why? Uh, because I was doing stand-up all the time. Speaking of which. Oh! oh what a segue is that? I thought I broke the chair. I totally thought I broke the chair. I think I might have. <laughs> Justin is going to be headlining uh, yeah, tomorrow night. Tomorrow if you're listening night? to this today, it's tomorrow night. If you're listening to this tomorrow, it's Friday the 9th, Saturday the 10th, night. 8 and 10 o'clock at Burbank Flappers Comedy Club. Daddy's headlining. Come on out. Have a good time. 45 minutes set, right? Yep. Uh, with some new material. Yep. Stuff I haven't heard before, right? Oh, yeah, so sure. No, anything no, no. about the radio business in there? No. Okay, so no. it's mostly... Because I, I don't think it'll apply. I don't know. To be honest, I don't really know a lot of what I'm going to say. <laughs> I have an idea, but I like to I like to be able to go free range if I decide. You're good at that. Uh, so if you go to kfiam640.com, keyword Justin, you can yep. get tickets there. I think there's also links on Bill Handel's Facebook page. Yes, one on Facebook page, we've uh, I'll tweet it out to a little bit too. Or if you follow Justin at KFI Justin or me. At Prod Michelle, you'll see the the tweet that has the link where you can buy tickets just twenty bucks. Yeah, right here in downtown Burbank. It's a good time, good food. It's gonna be fun. So come on out and join us. I'm gonna be there Saturday night with my husband. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun. Dick Cabeza himself <laughs> in the heezy. Dick Cabeza himself. So yeah, follow me on Twitter at Prod Michelle. Follow Justin on Twitter at KFI Justin. Dad podcast. What did you guys talk about this week? Uh, this week, there. Well, I've got two episodes out. I, I've had an actor friend of mine, Chris Mars. Uh, he was. We were talking about having three children. He was schooling me on what it's like to have three kids. You always have a middle child when you have three kids. Yeah, and uh, so he was. We were talking about that, and then, or depending on when you're listening to this, the other episode is with another comic friend of mine. His name's Andy Forrester, aka Comic Big A. And uh, you can hear me rant about the insanities of the Elf on the Shelf, if you are so inclined. Oh, don't get me started about Elf on the Shelf. Yeah. Do you do Elf on the Shelf? No, that freaking creeps me out. Yeah. And last year, we asked people to send us their most like depraved Elf on the Shelf stuff, and people get really into it. And it is That's what I would do. That's what I said I would do. I said, well, let's pepper in some abuse. Something to freak those kids out so they have uh, interesting children. Although I did see one that I thought was really cute, and it was the first time I saw it, though somebody said that they were doing it last year, where somebody would take the elf on a shelf and freeze it into a block of ice and then put an Elsa doll yeah. next to it. That's what this guy put it. Yeah, yeah. frozen. That yeah. was kind of cool. That is cool. That was cool. Anyway, um, you can you can listen to that podcast at thedadpodcast.com. Thank you. And as always, you can just go to kfim640.com, keyword handle, and see the stuff on Handle's page. We had some funny videos up this week, the kangaroo that um, the guy who got the Australian oh, guy got so good. the kangaroo. Yeah. So right on the snout. Yeah, here's the deal. So there's an Australian guy hanging out with his friends, going like 
pig hunting or hog hunting in Australia, and they see that this guy's dog, who's running around, is kind of caught Helping by hunt, yeah. yeah, caught by a kangaroo, and the kangaroo's got the dog like in a headlock. And the kangaroo, like when the guy comes up, the kangaroo's looking at the guy like, "What are you gonna do?" Yeah, I got this guy. I got you guy. In it's a like a right hostage here. situation in a movie. I got him. What are you gonna yeah. do? And then he gets closer, and the dog kind of wriggles away, and then the kangaroo gets up. On its back legs, and you know the guy punches the kangaroo in the face, like just startles it enough so he could be like, "Okay, I'm taking off. My dogs are fine." The now. magical moment awesome. is watching the man make the decision of like because he sees the kangaroo kind of rear up and take like a half a step forward and get ready him. to to back up on yeah. the tail and kick. Him. And the guy's a zookeeper, so I think he's used to seeing like kangaroo behavior. Right. So he puts his dukes up like he's fighting another dude. And then just waits for an opening and clocks the kangaroo right just on his one jaw. Punch, yeah. One punch and the kangaroo looks completely startled. Like arms go up and everything. It was He's hilarious. Like, oh, no, you did it. And they got away. It was hilarious. So go to Handel's page to see that. And, of course, uh, keyword Justin, too, to find out more about his comedy night in Burbank uh, yeah. this uh, Friday and Saturday night. So I want you to remember one thing as always. You is smart. You is kind. You is important. Oh, that's so, so good. good. See you next week. And today won't mean a thing. I'm a baby.